Hottest 100s and 1000s will resume in five, four, three. <laughs> you didn't say two or one. No, you don't say, <laughs> you don't say two or one. people think of heaven they see those pearly gates but i looked a little closer and there's a sign that says do not skate we are hottest 100s and thousands and we have taken control of your radio station this is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the triple j hottest 100 my name is david james young i'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so, joining me once again, Andrew McDonald. Yo. Adam Buncher. Yo. Nathan Harrison. Yo. Hell fucking yeah. Three yo's. The triple yo. It happened. Yeah. yeah, it's the bingo. People playing hottest yep. hundreds. Cross it off. Bingo at home. <laughs> Trick off, tick off the triple yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good shit. I've had a couple of beers, so it's going to be a good <laughs> It's just getting that one in early. Getting fucking early. <laughs> so if you have Andrew had a oh, couple God damn of it. Beers, no, don't. Don't pick that one That's off. like a center square, surely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to, you know. <laughs> yes, but. Haha, <laughs> 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 it's just funny as all. <laughs> At number 70, it's the return of Killing Heidi with Superman slash Supergirl. Superman. Heidi coming in at number 70 in the Hottest 100 of 2000. That's Superman Supergirl, the fourth and final single from their debut studio album, Reflector. You may know Killing Heidi from previous entries such as Mascara and Live Without It and, of course, number two from 1999, We Are. Oh, boy. Yes, indeed. And we are coming to the end of the Reflector era for Killing Heidi. This is an interesting one because this definitely feels like a fourth single. If you were told there were four singles, arrange them in order of, like, impact... You're definitely putting Superman Supergirl last. Well, Dude, it is the only song of the four that I had never heard before. You really? I heard this? I, I definitely mm-hmm. heard it, but my, my literally my first note here is the obvious fourth single. Yeah. Like, right. I'm, su- I'm super with you. I see mm. that obvious fourth single and I raise you like, how is this even a single? Because no, the chorus The rules. chorus is incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Okay. So... What I find interesting about this song is that it inverts the dynamics of a different song on the album called A Jar Labeled Small. With A Jar Labeled Small, it kicks in right away with this big riff and this big like verse and it's got a huge energy. And then it, for its chorus, it's this really gentle like melodic thing and then it just kicks right back in for those verse bits. Whereas this goes all out for the chorus and then when you get to the verse, it is 
almost exhausted. That's a good way I, to put it. Yeah. Because it kind so, of falls behind the beat a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Look, full credit to, to Pedro, Adam, Adam Pedretti on the, on the drums. Like, he is a master drummer. Like, he obviously does a similar thing on Weir, where, you know, he has that little slight snare hits and then the bam bam just with this huge huge hits and the production just sends that right up the wazoo uh and that does that here as well but i think it works to a way better impact on weir because you're given that false sense of security to start off with you don't come charging out of the gates and then it swerves on you I feel like the songwriting here is a little bit confused. Like, if this mm. followed a similar dynamic to that of Weir, or if it inverted it the same way it did on a jar labeled Small, I feel like there would be uh, a lot more merit to this song overall. I still think it's a decent enough song. I love every track on this album, as, as one A. McDonald would put it, Nostalgia Goggles, because they are on tight, hard, and fast when it comes to Reflector. Uh, but honestly, if I was going to be pushing for any other songs on Reflector, I definitely would have gone for something like A Jar Labeled Small or Black Sheep, which is the last song on the record, which I just fucking adore. Black Sheep's a great song. It's such a lovely fucking song. I never go out of my way to individually listen to Superman Supergirl. I'll listen to it within the context of listening to Reflector. I'll put on Weir, but... Yeah, this isn't one of the the standout songs on Reflector for me. You're right about that kind of confused songwriting thing, I think, David, because like when it kicks off, there's mm. so much fucking high-intensity energy and it sounds awesome as hell. And when the verse comes in and the verse is so lethargy-provoking, mm. it's not just that they sound tired, it encourages a tiredness that... Yeah, like, it makes you tired. Yeah. and like putting on the nightcap and, uh, yeah. and the gown and carrying <laughs> the candle. But then the chorus comes back Tell and you're already like... Ben oh. Harper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the chorus is so fucking high impact, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but it's I think a great chorus. I, I wrote down Confused too because I just think particularly the like the production on the verses, like that, that record scratch, it just doesn't really belong. Isn't that such it's a sign the nine, of the times? It's, it's, the, it's the 90s slash early 2000s but though. It, You're contractually yeah. obliged. Totally. Oh dude, even fucking Hanson. Even Hanson. Well, <laughs> they were well, pioneers <laughs> of the record scratch. <laughs> but the Dust Brothers put record scratches all over middle of nowhere. Yeah. They're even so buried in the mix. They're really quiet. It feels like they didn't know what to do with the verses because the energy just like disappears. But that's the thing, like the verses still sound good for what they are. Yeah. Ella's in fine form. I like the guitar. I actually think there's a nice kind of groove going to it. But for me, like, I feel weird listening to this song. Like, it's a physical thing for me. Like, because as soon as the the chorus kicks off, like, I'm in hype mode and I'm with it. I'm racing with it. And then it comes to such an abrupt halt. Like, it smashes into a wall. And I'm still too, like, hyped up. It's like I've had too much coffee and it's bedtime. And I, I think David hit the nail on the head with the idea of, like, if songs that do the loud, quiet dynamic, like the Pixies dynamic, yeah, yeah if that's they right. start with the quiet, or if the change isn't so goddamn abrupt, it's and so abrupt, yeah, it's so abrupt, and it's yeah. such that's the, the thing. Like that it gets makes me. sense with Teen Spirit. Yeah, of it makes perfect sense. Mm. Hugely. But yeah. it's not as abrupt. But also, no, with, definitely not. And, and, also, and the change between the two isn't as big. Like, that's the other thing. It's that the tempo is really different. Yeah. It's not just a dynamics thing. It's a speed because, thing. Because, off, like, it's a speed thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it, like, yeah. with Teen Spirit, it intentionally starts off with the guitar riff. So, like, it leads you into the idea that this song isn't going to just be mile a minute top of the cliff running Naruto style through the clouds. <laughs> but the, yeah. the start of this implies that it kicks off with such speed and such energy and th- such enthusiasm. And then when the verse is coming, it is, 
it changes so suddenly and the drop is so severe. The verses really, really don't do anything at all for me. Right. And the verses sound kind of almost like like slowed down scar with the bass line. Like, <laughs> oh, so just, you're, you're not on board. No. Because like, the chorus rules so much. It really it's, does. It's, it's two it's completely re- yeah. different songs. That's, that's kind of how I feel. But here's how I've come to conceptualize the song, right? Because we've talked a lot about how Killing Heidi and Reflector, they're not actively trying to represent their age, but they're young guys making this album and their age shows through in the songs that they are making. Yeah, they were babies. And what better musical portrayal of the poles of adolescence could you have than this song? And they are disjointed because that's kind of what you feel. You are on this sugar rush of like excitement and then all of a sudden you feel this despondency that comes through reaching an age where you're actually starting to figure out what's going on with the world. And I actually think what the song represents more than that is, you know when you're, you're, you're young and in love... And when you're around this kind of person, you feel like energized and whatever, like you're Superman and Supergirl, you're smashing through walls, you're, you're tearing along racing cars and whatever. And then as soon as that person kind of leaves your presence, you're like, hmm, actually, how do I feel? Like, mm. is this good? Is this any good? Make you Are think- we good? Like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Come on. I don't know whether it's like missing some like bridging parts to just connect those two things better or, or if like maybe they should have tried to push the kind of digital elements a bit more and maybe that could carry some of the weight from it's just it, yeah the whiplash is just so intense. honestly if the, if the verses were just like at double the speed they're at now or had a bit more rock to them had, or mm. had a bit more oomph kind of thing it'd be a much much better song like it feels weird to be so heavily critiquing fucking 17 and 18 year olds writing this song right like because i don't want to bully them yeah. retroactively and, and it's still like a pretty good song it's like, not the a bad chorus song is so yeah. good the and chorus is yeah, so good they're, at, yeah they're just so good at what they do that yeah. they're fun to listen to and you know what i actually wouldn't want anything to change on it because what i like now mm. coming to it in this context is yeah. like well at least it's fucking unique that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know anything that kind of really does what this does as abruptly and in the same kind of unashamed or brave in a, in a way kind of way. I think something that Killing Heidi did so well was translate a lot of those dynamics that were getting played with in grunge into like an Australian rock scene. Yeah. It's cool thinking about not all of that is going to, you know, like they're still working things out. They're trying things that are fairly new. Yeah, not everything sticks to the wall. Yeah. Like, and again, right, like the chorus is so good that like, you wouldn't say you dislike this song. No, no Because way. the chorus just gets you there so easy. Mm. This is um the last time we talk about Killing Heidi. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, because yeah, right. I, I assumed once they kind of properly cracked the mainstream that uh, nothing off the present album would get in. There's some really good stuff on there, though. Like, I really like Outside of Me. Heaven Sent was also really oh, good. Oh, Heaven Sent is great. I remember Heaven Sent. Yeah. Um, and then the self-titled There's I Am, which was on the uh, Australian... Spider-Man rend- 2! Spider-Man 2! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw a comment. I can't remember if it was on Genius or YouTube about Superman, Supergirl. That's right, yeah. Being like, ironically, they had <laughs> a song on the Spider-Man. It's like, that's you don't understand the words you're writing. Come on, mate. <laughs> no, they understand... You don't need to post. They understand coming from a point of view of you're either Marvel or DC... Could you imagine if Killing Heidi is the one that's able to sort the Spider-Man problem? I reckon Ella Hooper could completely sort them out. Give her 20 minutes. Mm. She's charismatic. She, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's yeah. so fucking charming. She could yeah. sort that she shit did. out. And then Jesse just nod a couple times and go, yeah, what she yeah. said. <laughs> just, just do that red dreadlock flourish. Still have those? Do we know? He no. does not. No. No. Okay, of course not. <laughs> He's a grown ass man. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> He's a grown man town. with a kid. He yeah. doesn't have dyed red dreadlocks anymore. Rip. We're we're sorry, um, 
dread, died red dreadlock listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so chickens. sorry, Newton Faulkner. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, met Newton Faulkner. He's really, he's really nice, isn't he? You yeah. feel bad now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's someone I don't like with dreadlocks? Jay Wally. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. My, my last note is um uh the Virgin Superman versus the Chad Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that Why in. Why is Supergirl the Chad? Wait, what? Because what do you think? Supergirls mm. can't oh. be Chads. Oh, it's just, it's just, just interesting as a whole. Hmm. Is that interesting? <laughs> hmm, oh, you don't think that's interesting, Nathan? <laughs> this is MXPX song Responsibility. The hottest 100 of the year 2000. That's the song Responsibility coming in at. Actually, sorry, I've just lost my place. David, it seems like you lose your place at this place every time. I, I know. Or it's around weird. here anyway. I, I don't know why. Um, can anyone. <sighs> Numerology. Help me? Yeah, actually, I'll throw to you, Nathan. So we've just <laughs> talked about number 70, which mm-hmm. was Killing Heidi. We're about to talk <laughs> about number 70. 68. Truly, you, we need a numerologist for this. Can, can, <laughs> no can one else will do. Can you think of what we're missing? Well, I think in that scenario, you're actually asking for a mathematician, which is very different from a numerologist. Oh, true. Because, <laughs> yeah, you need a I'm happy to put that hat on. Okay. Um, can you help out? I think so. The, the number is 69. It's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and how good was it? Well, it was fucking nice. <laughs> You're hitting that with your nose or forehead? Both. And that's it for this song. Next song. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, cool. We got Christian Punk at the horny number. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah. True. Sorry, everyone. Nothing to see here. Well, no, you the, know what? Uh, Adam, if, Adam, if, if you're Adam. married, like, uh, great. But, Adam, <laughs> but I, it, I, do you think even, like, devoutly Christian couples who are married get, like, horny? <laughs> like, I think they get, like, I think they get loving. Like, oh, I'm feeling so loving tonight, my darling. Let's procreate for the man JC. Like, <laughs> feeling wholesomely pull- amorous. Yeah. Undoes his flying. A Bible falls yeah. out. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> the singer of MXPX is not a Christian anymore. anymore but he, he very much was. Yeah, super. But he's not anymore. Yeah. But he was. Yeah. Mr. But, but, Mike Herrera? But was yes. he around here, though? Yes. yes. Right. And mm. you could tell. Just by listening to the song, in my opinion. And I don't know. It's, maybe it's because that in high school I was around a way too much Reliant K and <laughs> other associated you're Christian also, punk you're bands. Also, we're also religious school survivors. Well, that's yeah, that's exactly right. You two weren't. You were no. secular, very secular. Very yeah. secular. Yeah. But yeah. this side of the room... Yeah, uh, we had G-O-D, to you knew us. Science. Yeah. So we, we can also divide the room, therefore, as the Good trick. Darwin, <laughs> we would say. <laughs> would you? <laughs> oh, yes. I, I didn't do well in science. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, so we can also then divide the room basically between the triggered and the untriggered when it comes to the song. <laughs> I, I got so deeply triggered. It's because it's See, just like. I did, I did, but for a different reason. Oh, okay. I feel like I did too because I'm furious. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, starting with me, I, I definitely got triggered because it was just kind of like way too many flashbacks to just like that particular kind of thing, right? Because you're, you're parading around as like a punk band and they're singing this song particularly about responsibility and being like, <laughs> responsibility? What's, What's that? that? I don't want to grow up an old and have responsibilities. But you know, as soon as they finish playing the song, they're going to be like, you know what, guys? Oh, as guys. Corinthians 6.3 says, <laughs> responsibility is actually really important. Um, <laughs> that's that's like paraphrasing. No. That's exactly how God Corinthians speaks. Corinthians 6.3 is a verse on responsibility. I did, yeah. I did huh. my homework on that. And then you did paraphrase it. That's what I, I'm well, saying. <laughs> they wouldn't. They'd read out the full yeah. thing. Um, and a couple Was of that a thing that happened at Christian rock gigs? Yes. A lot of Bible verse Bible verse. Sometimes. Okay. Depends how Christian they were. All right, let's go. You've said yours. Let's go around and say <laughs> what, um, what triggers us about this song. Guitar David. Hero. This was on Guitar Hero. Uh, <laughs> yours is less Trump. I, I don't want to... Yours is less traumatic. Wow, yeah. you can't say that about no someone's No shit, trauma. that's why I went second. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what triggered you about a song? Well, it's just shit. Like, mm. it's just an awful piece of shit. It's, it's like the distance between punk and Blink-182, again... It's what just, like from Blink One Eighty Two yeah, to this? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's just it just sucks. Also, the video is just like, dude, the video sucks. It's man. so, of course, of course. <laughs> I haven't seen the video. They're like working at a fancy uh, golf course as caddies and mucking about, and it's like, yeah, of and, course, that's your oh, idea of like yeah. and rebellion. The, and and the they've definitely seen Caddyshack. The yeah. golf course in the video is owned by George Went from Cheers. Norm. Norm, Norm. Cheers is the owner of the golf course in the video. My triggering is actually really similar to yours, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I actually think this is a really bad piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a real number. What's the hardest of the Bristol stool chart? A real number one, the Bristol stool chart. A real number one, number two. Yeah. Just fucking dorky ass dweebs and like in the video they're also like covered in tattoos and shit looking like they're fucking hardcore that's and like, exactly it right yeah. it's it's like putting on this front but it's just so toothless and you know and i've got nothing against being wholesome and writing music but it's yeah, like, like you're, dude, co- you're co-opting punk wholesomeness is fine and even wholesomeness in punk rock as absolutely uh, as idols have shown that's you it. can be wholesome in punk rock but like and this it hasn't got the pop songwriting sensibilities as strong nailed down as Certainly not a Green Day, no. and not even a Blink One Eight Two. Yeah, and certainly not like a No Effects or a Rancid. And so, if you don't have the pop song Rancid's bodies nailed down, you have to up the fucking punk credibility by being sloppy or angry. And they just like meander their way through this dweeby ass. Like for them, they're like responsibilities. What's that? Their idea of not having responsibilities is like not even littering, leaving your <laughs> lo- your lolly wrapper on the rim of the bin. So it's quite <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, just It just kind of smacks well, at that. I don't know, it? man. That sounds pretty naughty. Look, and I, I, I think it's actually like, I'll pay the bouncy parts. I can see how you could have fun to that. And I think like every part of it, it works for what it is, but I've definitely heard it before. It just seems so straight out of the box. Yeah, and it's the thing. But da, 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 da. Yeah, and it's like it's like well, it knows how to get in your head. Full credit to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Also, this song is another soundtrack hours. Oh, Oh, true. It was featured. Was it on the hours? Um, yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, No, it would be very fucking (laughs) jarring tonal shift in that hours. It was featured in uh, two things. One of which was the uh, Daria TV film. Is it full yet? 
the one that was set in between seasons four and five, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also that in the, the Drake and Josh episode, Driver's License. Yeah. And was based on the official Drake and Josh OST, which oh I'm sure God. we all know it from. Of yeah. That's yeah. where I know yeah. the song from. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, can we just, just to be clear, Drake, Drake, not... Okay. No, 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 same not, guy. Yeah. Not Aubrey Graham, yeah. no. Yeah. Right. He was on Degrassi. Yeah, Yeah. well, I don't know. He's been on a lot of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His phone too much, am I right? <laughs> so I want to just quickly talk about the name, um, MXPX. Oh, yeah. Def- yeah, yeah you definitely bad need name. to. So originally called Magnified Plaid. Shitty name for a band. Shitty Appar- name for a plaid. But no, like, <laughs> the reason given is really great as well. A tribute to Houston's fascination with plaid shirts. Fucking hell. A fascination. So if it was all academic and he never wore them, but he was just like... Mm. So the plaid shirt was first invented. Yeah. In that. <laughs> uh, and then apparently they couldn't fit that name on posters, which... Question. Huge question. Right. That's a real... <laughs> How about a big old M? <laughs> big ass P. Big ass P. <laughs> so they would write um, just MP with dots, and then uh, someone that was doing the posters did X's, which is a great tie-in to famous Wollongong band Axel Waxel, which was a way of life, but they, they did the same thing with X's. The X's. So it looked like... Um, and so, so, so it looked like... They Ax- didn't call Axel themselves... Axel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't call themselves Axel Soxel, but we did. <laughs> we, yeah, and no. it's very funny to link them, who were like a really sort of snooty, hardcore punk band, to MXPX. I think they would hate that, and that brings me no small and amount also, of joy. And also, I think MXPX would hate it as well. Yeah, they would like, too. They're both on the opposite sides of the divide between what good punk rock is. Like, MXPX are too... But- Polished and poppy, and, and Axel Soxel are nowhere near polished. They're just enough. like bad black flag. Yeah. Also, another thing that um that I want to talk about: MXPX covered Franco Un American by No Effects. No, is that last right? year? Last year? Last year? They're still Guess together. Guess if it sucks or not. <laughs> Twenty nine. Right, get, cover of get your Franco. votes in. Yeah. Did they change any of the lyrics? They changed a bunch of the lyrics. So to be about Trump. Yeah, not oh, explicitly, no but yeah. <laughs> It just sucks so bad. Uh, if you're not familiar with Franco One America, I think we've mentioned it before, but no effects song. We spoke about Bottles to the Ground a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, because, yeah, it gets into the Hearts 100 of 2003. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it then, but it's kind of like a reaction to uh, Bush being president and a lot of people, particularly in the punk or pop punk community, becoming political and sort of becoming aware of, of things um, as a reaction to that. Um, and so. MXPX covered it kind of, I guess, as a, you know, mirroring that for Trump. But it sucks because if you're a punk band and you're having that experience with Trump when you're like 40 something years old and you didn't have that experience 20 years ago, it's a little bit of a like. This is from their sixth record. This song, yeah. Responsibility. Responsibility. Oh, They've been around for a while. Oh, Oof. yeah. Oof. They started in like the mid 90s. But also, it, they when they covered Franco and America, they took out the like Chomsky and Zinn references. Like they <laughs> took course. out the books, and yeah. they just talked about like listening to Joe Rogan. Seriously, <laughs> no. no. Joe yeah. Rogan. That's amazing. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, wow. it's, it's just it's a bad time. Um, and yeah, I hate this song so much. Not that these guys are from California, but they clearly are working on that kind of Californian pop punk sound that we've spoken about when we've spoken about. Well, they mention heaps like Descendants and, yeah. and Black Flag. I mean, it's very easy to mention your influences. Yeah. That's also like, you know, like when you like you find a band and they mention their influences and their influences are less accessible than the band. It's like when... I was first listening to The Meanies because friends were on mentioning The Meanies and I'm mm. like, The Meanies are a harder listen. Um, so they just do like a more accessible version of kind of Manny's punk rock. So for these guys, maybe I'm sure they were influenced by the Descendants. The Descendants 
kind of wrote the book on pop punk in the like on totally. the, in the Cali scene. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's cut from a similar mold to songs by bands, certainly like Blink One Eight Two, and definitely also even like Green Day, and even No Effects and Rancid, and certainly The Descendants. But like, it's issues of production, it's issues of intent, it's issues of vocal delivery, of musicality, of songwriting ability. Everything here just falls fucking short of, of what a punk rock song should be. And obviously they're not trying to be punk rock. Yeah, this, they is, were, this is a very different Because they were good, sensible boys. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> this, is, this is their punk rock, though. Yeah, this, this is as punk as they get, saying responsibility, what's that? And you know, it's, it's also that... I'm just... De- delving deeper into my triggering here but it's like when you you know the youth pastor sits on his chair backwards and he says you know what guys you're the real rebels yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah you know what I mean that that whole rhetoric I just it's just so right um, listeners rate our traumas uh, who do you think <laughs> has the most legitimate trauma from MXPX um, well, we let, could not let the us, guy let that played know. Guitar Hero or the guy that thinks it's a bad song <laughs> <laughs> we all have our struggles um, you decide let us know in the comments Honk that subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> and have a blessed day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and go read Corinthians 6-2. More like Corinthians 6-9. <laughs> Boom. 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 Number 68, this is OPM with Heaven is a Half Pipe. If I die before I wake, at least in heaven. Right now on earth I can't do jack Without the man upon my back Now heaven would be a DJ Spinning dub all night long And heaven would be just kicking back With Jesus packing my bong And if you don't believe Hell yeah, brother. OPM coming in at number 68 in the Hottest 100 of the year 2000. That is heaven. Is a half pipe. OPM, a.k.a. What does it stand for? Open people's minds. Or originally, other people's money. (laughs) Which is also pretty good. Yeah, both both good. And before that, they were just called stash. And also, obviously, it meant to sound like opium. Like, the other obvious. (gasps) Yeah. This comes from their debut album, Menace to Sobriety. Mm-hmm. The real punk rockers are here, and they're not taking no for an answer, baby. We're skateboarding in heaven. This is the dumbest fucking song, and I love it so, so much. You guys are going to like rip into it and have like all these like pertinent points about why it sucks, and I'm going to be like, yeah, you're absolutely right. So what do you think? Oh, You're like the, oh it's great. You know the, the DW meme where it's like, do not enter. And she's like, that can't stop me because I, I can't, can't read. <laughs> it's true. I am the DW of this group. I, I really am. I'm with you. Fuck I, yeah. I wrote for this so fucking hard when it first came Dude, out, man. Dude, it's so like, tight. I yeah. I, 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 cause this was on the Triple J... Prize 100 CD compilation, which I got mm. this year. That's three um, in a row for you. I've gotten them from like three years ago to like maybe like five years from now. We got them every year. We picked the right man. Um, you should get the next one. Yeah, on on compact disc. This song, I know it's dorky as shit, but like when I when it first came out, I thought the fucking panning from left to right with the skateboard <laughs> yes. was, re- was really cool. 
Um, I thought the lyrics were funny and it had like a the jaunty piano line and like if in heaven I could skate kind of thing. I don't yeah. know. This, it's so fucking dumb. I have no idea if there's a kernel of a good song here <laughs> and that's what I'm liking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I, or, or when I this hear this, just I'm just one of those again. like dumb ass fucking turn of the century anthems that I just go fucking mental for. I came a little bit later. I came uh, to this via the Malcolm in the Middle soundtrack. Of course it was on there. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who did Frankie Muniz, was he, sorry, I missed any skateboarding that he did. Surely oh, maybe Reese. Yeah, his older brother. But I think, I think there's an okay song in here. It's a silly conceit, but then just like committed to very hard. I don't know. Maybe it's not, but I, I have nothing but love for it. I was absolutely expecting you guys to rip into this. Well, and then there was one. Go on. Oh, and I had never heard this before. Oh, right. No. Right. Oh, that's, that, that, right. that to me would be insane. <laughs> Today, the role yeah. of Nathan Harrison will be played by Adam Buncher. <laughs> well, finally, an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, looking at it, right? This is a half reggae, half nursery rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> Half scratch Mm -hmm. fucking song about skaters talking about getting high and how hard it is to skate and how great it would be if they were in heaven hanging out with Jesus and smoking weed and skateboarding all the time. I should hate everything about this, (laughs) right? Look at it on paper, look at the components and whatever, but you're absolutely right. The production is so nice. I think actually the way that that (laughs) can't believe you've done this. (laughs) Who made this sound good? Who produced it? I'll I'll find out. And at the beginning, like you're right, like the way that they do create, (laughs) it's like Nigel Godrich or something. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Eno, yeah, George Martin. (laughs) It's clearly just the sound of like. They recorded a skateboard going down one half pipe and then panned it from left to right, and that's it. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, totally. But, like, the way that they do punctuate that, like, you know as soon as you go in what this is, and it doesn't deviate from that. It just stays on track, and it doesn't allow itself to try to be anything more than that. I think if it did, it would be a much worse song. Hmm. It doesn't try and be too clever. It doesn't try and be too shocking. It doesn't try and, like, the lyrics are just kind of... They're not, they're not trying to shock or offend or anything like that. There's it's a just, real, like, naivety to it. And you're right. It's delivered with such complete lack of self-awareness, really. Yeah. That you just kind of go like, all oh, right, you're just... There's a sincerity here <laughs> yeah. to this stupid premise or whatever. Yeah, and, like, just, like, the, like they clearly were just, like, actual... Like, the end yeah, of the song I believe is, them. The end of the song is just them name-checking skateboarding moves. <laughs> it's yeah. so tight, dude. You mention that's it for, exa- like, a minute. That's exactly right. And, like, the way that the song kind of blooms out, when we get yeah. that dirty ass bass kick in and the flow kind of starts up and whatever it's like oh actually that was nice it sounds like, good mm. Mm. So also, it's very like, um sublime yeah it's super sublime yeah yeah um, that makes sense also like there's reggae influences there as well but also it's definitely kind of a middle ground between hip hop and rock in a way that's the complete opposite side of the coin to like rap rock or new yeah, metal like there's hip hop beats and kind of like not quite like flowing delivery but there's a hip hop element to it and definite rock elements you know what it, I think it's because again they're not trying to be good rappers yeah they're not trying to be too cool I believe that the people who made this song are probably just cool you're at a party and you see a dude in a skater shirt and you're like man I bet this guy's a dick and then you end up talking to him at the party like oh shit you're actually really cool <laughs> so uh, the, it's, it's, it's music made 
by and for people who smoke a joint at a skate park. Yeah, that's like, exactly that's it. That's its intent. Yeah. And it tells you that from the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and it just delivers on that. Yeah. So, all right. It's not for me. No. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't take up skating. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not with that attitude. It's too late for me. It's illegal. So... I found out the producer was a guy named Michael Patterson. Wild fucking collection of artists in his uh, partial discography listed on his Wikipedia page. Just a few, including Saul Williams, Mo, Nine Inch Nails, Black what? Rebel Motorcycle Club, huh. How to Destroy Angels, Black Audio, uh, the right. various soundtracks of soundtracks of Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Okay, so he's, he he's hangs a buddy with Trent. of Trent. He, he hangs out with Trent Reznor. Pussifer. Lady Tron, <laughs> She Wants Revenge, the posthumous Notorious B.I.G. album, huh. Limp Bizkit, okay. Fisher Spooner, fucking Jennifer Lopez. So he's clearly a producer for hire then. D.E., like, yeah. the but, executioners. But of, some, yeah. of, of, of note, but he's, Previ- really, he's previous, not an auteur. Uh, previous Hottest 100 entrance, Geggy Tar. Oh, Giggy That makes sense. I only remember the name. The name and the sensation of saying Australia's own Jimmy Barnes. Hey. The the incredibly cancelled Moby. (laughs) (laughs) The late, great Barry White. Did you know he's a vegan? (laughs) I heard. The doubly cancelled R. Kelly. (laughs) He's so much more cancelled. Jay-Z, LL Cool J. But late. Late TLC. cancellation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Several years too late. Uh, he mixed two of my favourite albums around this era, Midnight Vultures and Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavoured Water. Very um, cool. Yeah. Definitely someone is listening to this and hates this song yeah. or has just come upon it through this and hates this song. That's fine. And, and But no, I'm wrong. really interested in that because I think that would be such a like legitimate angle to have on the song. I love this song so much, but... Yeah, I don't think it would hold up under any. Yeah, dude. If know, if somebody scrutiny. If if, if you mentioned saying like, oh, remember that song? Heaven is a half pipe. And someone's like, holy fuck, I can't stand that song. That's a perfectly legitimate yeah, response yeah. to the song. But like, and yet, four of us coming from completely different contexts, cool. all came along and went. You know, I reckon this is a real like milestone case study for the podcast right here. Because again, yeah. on paper, mm. it shouldn't work. True yeah. that. Also, like, just to diverge slightly, like, I don't know whether I have that much sympathy for skaters saying, like, man, it sucks, we can't skate. Like, <laughs> no, because no, it, it, nowadays, yeah, but, like, back in, like, the 80s in America, like, they, the cops would beat them. Like, right. Okay, so it's... Not legit. that it was, like, an oppressed class. You can just not skate. So it's not like being gay or black where you can just, like, stop doing it. Huh. But, like, skaters would, would just be like, oh, yeah, let's go down the road and cops would, like, hassle them all the time and shit. Also, like it's that. just, like, yeah. like okay. hostile... Um, Architecture, yeah, like which is you know like when you put up rails and stuff so that skaters can't skate is in the same ballpark, and obviously it's much worse for for people who are homeless. But like yeah. as putting up the rails on the seats so that people can't sleep on them. So what you're saying is you just think it's interesting that I think that is all. <laughs> I was never any good, but I used to do a little bit of skateboarding when I was a teenager, mainly because like going to punk rock and Tony Hawk games and thought I should do this. Um, and I, again, I was never any good. Um, but then, like I know some people who are who are skaters now, kind of thing, and like. Fine, whatever, man. But like, also, because skaters often are insufferable. So when like you say like, "Oh man, can't skate anywhere," blah 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 blah, and I'm like, "Yeah, man." Like, people are sitting there having lunch, and you're trying to do an ollie near the fucking <laughs> yeah. bench, or like it's a dog park, and there's five dogs chasing you and telling them to fuck off and screaming at them when you're on a footpath by old people. It does like, seem convenient to be able to skate, dude. It'd be, it's a madly more convenient way to get around. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Like, I think longboarding seems based. Yeah, it seems cool. Yeah. Because then also no one asks you to do a kickflip because you're on a longboard. That's good. That's a, that's, that's a benefit. That's a big tick yeah. for me. Yeah. I think I'm too old and uncool to even longboard though. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> if this... <laughs> Jesus. I meant, yeah, same. <laughs> Boys, yeah, yeah, you are. Get I'm, it I'm, together. I'm, I'm going to get into actual like pop, like half pipe skateboarding, but you're too uncool <laughs> to even ride a longboard, you dweeb. Um, if this song was included on the um, Malcolm in the Middle soundtrack, you're saying they should have. Then it made, must be good. Mm, well, they should have done an edit where it was um, the "If I Die Before I Wake" in Lizzo's purse, I'll get baked. <laughs> should they? Fuck man, well, that was so funny. Should ah. they? Should they have done that, Andrew? Next song. <laughs> <laughs> How funny you thought it was? It was that funny that you thought it was. Obviously, that funny. yeah. 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 Oh, it's that time again. Oh, yes, it is. Welcome back to Whose Song Is It Anyway? The show where the songs are made up and the points don't matter. Once again, we have come across a song that we have previously talked about, but instead of repeating ourselves and talking about it again, what we're going to do is we're going to throw to someone in this room and they're going to start talking about a completely different song and we have to figure out what song that is. At number 67, this is Machine Gun Felicio with Motherfucker on a Motorcycle. Or is it? Ooh. I remember last time we talked about this and then we noticed that it was up ahead and I was kind of like, I wonder if I'll like it more by then. I don't. I do. <laughs> I do. Oh, like, there you I, go. I like it. Well, now we're talking about it. Mm. I, I do like it more. Cool. Maybe because it's not a punk rock song. Mm. <laughs> it's in an okay. it's in a it is in a bit of a quagmire of punk rock <laughs> that is this countdown so far. Yeah. Why don't you, uh, you play a little bit of that? You want to hear it? Okay. Uh. Um, okay, right. Uh, Machine Gun Flacio, Motherfucker on a Motorcycle. This was released on New Year's Day of 2000. Um, it was the wow. second single from the album. It's another parentheses song. We've had a couple, including the Sunshine one. And it's the longest we've had, uh, I think, in any countdown so far. DJ be able to probably correct me on this. Are clocking mm. in at just over seven minutes. Oh, Is true. it our longest song so far? I think... Think Tender might be slightly oh, longer. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, okay. Or Paranoid Android. Paranoid Android isn't as long. That's, That's like six. Oh, is it? Yeah. Right? I don't know. Well, it's it's definitely it's, it's one long. of the longer songs we've um we've talked about. Uh, fairly controversial video clip, but we'll come to that a bit later. It's just a beautiful, I guess, like neo soul song. And, you sure. Know, from over the uh, over the seven minutes goes from this like beautiful like tender intimacy to something. That's big and physical and, and kind of like bombastic. Oh my god, is it the thong song? <laughs> How long do you think that song is? Huh. I wondered whether the album version. <laughs> like, well, we Adam, you're <laughs> out. I was look, no, honestly, I, I had to do that because yeah. you've ruined my thing where I come in with a wild guess out of nowhere. That's true, yeah. sorry. You started giving clues straight away. I so. I, I also wanna shoot my shot. You wanna have a guess? Yeah. Go for it. Is it Untitled Brackets How Does It Feel by D'Angelo? It is. Fuck yeah! Oh, Jesus. How does it feel? 
Well, obviously Deej needs to be the one as the oh, quiz master because otherwise it just horniest, doesn't. Yeah. It just the horniest fucking video in existence. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the video for the thong song? <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. But, but it does not just feature D'Angelo naked fucking singing and naked. standing there for seven minutes. Huh. It's so, Oh, it's that one. Yeah. Remember the right. video that Brendan Urie parodied for the Girls, Boys, Girls video? And because, I do remember that, because um, I, <laughs> I considered parodying Brendan Urie's one even. <laughs> Everyone says that I look like Brendan Urie. I was like, oh, that's, I don't know. That's a bit. That's good. I didn't. It's a good bit. But if I pay you, it. with enough five stars, <laughs> <laughs> nothing's off the table. Oh, uh, man. What a fucking great song. Yeah. <laughs> Just gorgeous. Yeah, that whole album, Voodoo, man. Also, great usage during a striptease scene in Magic Mike Double XL. Oh yeah, that checks out. Yeah, mm. nice. That mm. checks out incredibly on brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, Do you know the song? Yeah, it's fucking wonderful. Horny AF. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. hell yeah. Horny song. Do you know this one? Thong song. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Horny AF. Have I? Told, I mean, you do have dumps like a truck. Have I? Have I told my um, primary school thong song anecdote? <laughs> no, but please do. Just, hang on, wait. The only anecdote I know from your primary school is like being forced to like awkwardly dance during like ballroom dance classes. If it's a similar story, no, but it's with not the, that. Oh. That was not when I we had to that would be nightmarish. To, um, Jennifer Lopez's. Let's um, get loud. Let's get loud. Yeah, um, you can never hear that song again. No, uh, <laughs> but the. When we were having our prepping for our year six, a year, our year six, uh, oh, motherfuckers uh, had sex. Um, well, if you're in primary yeah. school, that's what they would do. Yeah, I'm, would, I'm just yeah, creating the mood yeah. for you. They I'm trying say, to add to your story. It's called say, Yes And. Look, Andrew, you have a boner. I would say, no, it's just the way my shorts are resting, which often it was. Um, <laughs> we were planning for our year six farewell slash formal kind of thing, and... We were talking about like music and that to play with, and there was someone in our class. And I say this as I say this as somebody who was a total fucking nerd. I was a school captain, and I've always been a nerd. So you're I'm a school captain, to... yeah, baby, yeah, yeah, right. Fuck, we're learning so much today, mm. <laughs> Captain McDonald. Captain McDonald. Uh, I, was, yeah, I, was yeah, a, yeah. I was a prefect. You didn't have that at my school. Uh, um, I got a UAI of forty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look at you now. You have a podcast. <laughs> Woo, <laughs> bitch! I have two. <laughs> And yeah, see, I say this as somebody who was a total nerd, but somebody who mm. I even thought was a motherfucking dweeb when I was 12. Right. Put their hand up and said, like, for music. And they said, clearly not understanding how music works when I was 12 years old. But they said, can we get Cisco to come and sing the thong song? That is a great but, question. But they said it like in the way the song does. They were like, can we get Cisco to come down and sing the thong, the thong, thong, thong song? <laughs> This show is a six farewell. This, this is my hero. Like, but they got just laughed out so goddamn hard. Like, <laughs> teacher was like, "No, we can't get Cisco to appear at the. I'm not going to out my name in our public primary school. We can't mm. get at, at, at our at Captain ball. Andrews School. At Captain Andrews School. We can't. Cisco would never appear with Captain Andrew. Andrew's into <laughs> they have beef. Yeah. No, that is a great question though. Yeah, but uh, and well, I'd like to I'd like to ask a question of my own. The answer to this was, podcast. Mm, the, can, can we get Cisco we to, get perform the, to, the, to perform to perform song? Did that even come out in two thousand? I don't think it did. Did it? Did it come out in two thousand? Thong song. If, it's my responsibility. If, to look if, I think so. This is no one else's problem. It's yeah, not yeah. just before because that was when I had my graduation. Yeah, it was primary school. Yeah. yeah. It was mm. in the year 2000. Mm. So, not nice. ah, the millennium itself. Well, 
But yeah, anyway, he didn't turn up to school, mm. didn't come up to our year six <laughs> farewell, but we did luck out <sighs> and continually hear Vitamin Z's Friends Forever. Mm. Mm. I mean, obviously. came out in the same year. Yeah. I'd be offended if you didn't. Whatever happened to Cisco? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cisco was still singing the fucking thong song to whoever will listen. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go Cisco into, into Google. Mm. And I'm going to go news. Oh, quick shout out to um our friend Dead DJ Joke who has a an EP of thong song mashups. Very good EP, <laughs> like multiple mashups. It's very God, he's my he's just my hero. Yeah. yeah, Cisco has one of the best I think feats, well uncredited feats, which is of course in the track The Wild Wild West. Ah, yes. Oh, where God, he's, he's going so he's ham going and he's so like, ham. We're going straight. Too. This interview I found is um, is fantastic. Uh, just one quote that I'm picking out at random. Because at the time, you couldn't really show that much booty on camera. Making the music video was a challenge. I remember that back interview. I remember seeing it on the AV Club. Yeah. And apparently, there's a link to Eleanor Rigby on this on this interview. So oh, yeah, yeah, because of the string section. On the, oh, on right. the thong song. Yeah, like, I he think cl- that's the kind of thing he was going he for. He cleared a Beatles sample for the thong <laughs> no, song? No, 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 <laughs> Right. But, like, that's the kind of strings he was going for. Listen, yeah. listen. Between Eleanor Rigby and the thong song, <laughs> I think there is a very clear... <laughs> Paul winner. McCartney getting the, like, sample request <laughs> and, like, reading the thong song. There's like, we have to do this. <laughs> yeah. Eleanor Rigby, she had dumps like a truck, like a truck. <laughs> <laughs> bump, oh bump God. it up. <laughs> Shit. Cisco claims Thong Song increased Victoria's secret sales. Oh, look at all the horny people. That was oh, wow. the, the real secret was the, what the dumps were like. <laughs> <laughs> were like what were they like? A truck. 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 <laughs> number 66, it's the return of Body Jar. This is Fall to the Ground. Coming in at number 66 in the 2000 Hottest 100, that is Bottles to the Ground. No, god damn it. Fall to the Ground. But fucking punk rock cohesion. Punk rock cohesion. This is from the album How It Works. There was a very famous other single from this record, but we're not Ooh, talking about that. We'll get to it. Oh, mm. yes, we will. God, you have... Heaven is a half pipe. Right? <laughs> big, big time. Oh, good by shit. D'Angelo. But in... Heaven <laughs> <laughs> is a half pipe by D'Angelo. Fuck. Uh, in it's the just mean- yeah, the, the opening sound for that is just D'Angelo completely naked, slicking down a half pipe <laughs> oh. and back up on his bare ass. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, it sounds super sexy. Way yeah. better yeah. than it should. You'd be yeah. like, man, that half pipe is so lucky. <laughs> Damn. D'Angelo is toned, man. <laughs> uh, right now, we're going to throw to our punk rock expert, Andrew McDonald. What are your thoughts on 
body jar. Have we spoken about them before? We, we talked we about did. the Simon and Garfunkel. We did cover. talk about Simon and Garfunkel. So cover. technically, yes. this is our first time talking about an They're original body jar yeah. composition. Yes, uh, back when we spoke about them the first time, I do remember because I remember saying that they were a band that I always knew of peripherally, but never really properly investigated. I have yeah. actually, I, I've, heard, I've heard this record that this track is from. Yeah, the um the How It Works record. This track really, I think, works really well for what it is. My love of punk rock comes from UK punk rock or New York punk rock or California punk rock and influences that stem from those kind of things. And this kind of has a bit more of a, like, kind of a Midwestern feel. Like, there's some of the... Some yeah, of the, I can see that. David, you're an expert with this band more than I am. Am I being crazy to say that I in the, in the vocal performance I hear a little bit of Jimmy Eat World? Well, yeah, they they had toured together okay, and they right. they yeah. they they'd put out a few records at this point. They hadn't blown up yet. I don't think they necessarily drew influence from them, but in terms of similarities of how that kind of that kind of rock yeah, it's got because it's got that really driving melody. That verse um, melody really reminds me of Fallout Boy. So. Yeah, yeah a little bit of that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of the melodic punk and pop punk and skate punk stuff around this era, you know, there's a lot of overlapping Venn diagrams and you get a real pretty little kaleidoscope in the middle. Just because of those other comparisons to bands that I'm not, A, as familiar or B, feel like they're for my taste, like to me, we're all in panic. So this, to me, this all works individually, but nothing yeah. about it immediately grabs me. Again, I think, I think this works very effectively for what they're trying to do. But what they're trying to do is a kind of punk rock that isn't what I go to punk rock for. But Whereas conversely, I think this is kind of exactly what I would come to punk rock for. Like yeah, this kind yeah, of, this kind yeah. of hits it on the head for me. It sounds a bit like like the late nineties to two thousands Midwest emo rock scene. Yeah, that's right. Like, and I that's feel, right. Yeah, I that's and, and, and you're familiar with that. I mean, as much more as, than I am, more more so than I am with any other brand of punk rock. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting that you bring up the emotional kind of landscape of the song because I think it's it's never quite what you expect it to be. And it has this way of surprising. And that happens just purely on a musical level. I think you take the the opening kind of section and it's a lot meaner than what the chorus is or even what the verse is. Like it, it becomes a little bit more playful than you originally in, envisioned that it might. And the chorus is just kind of way more soaring and anthemic than I predicted that it would have been. Yeah, totally. But more than that, when I dug into kind of what the lyrics are about as well, where I kind of arrive is it's very much seems to be focused on the idea of blaming media for violence. Um, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking in particular the the lyrical uh, part here, where it says, "Take a gun. They're only there for fun. It must be a movie or song. If it's right or it's wrong, it's a sign. Point the blame. Violence in life's the same, and with no reason for that, we just make up the facts every time. Make fun the crime. There's a few things in the lyrics that make me think that it takes on the point of view of someone who commits a shooting at some points as well. Mm. I think maybe that's what's going on in the chorus, which is really dark. And to and to point that kind of lyrical content up with the with the kind of emotional kind of triumphant nature that you have there, it's is kind of complicated. So I think there's actually a lot kind of going on. Is but, that conversation, I mean, I, I just don't yeah, know yeah. what it was like at the time, but I, I feel like that conversation is so much more an American one than an Australian one. It's 100%, one. yeah. It and is. So, we, we kind of caught it to some extent. But yeah. I think we, we never had Columbine. Yeah. Is the thing. Yeah. And, they, and, you know, like you actually had people who were citing. Yeah, and even the, um, very what's publicly the, what they the, were the record sort of censorship association? Oh, PMRC. PMRC. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I don't think we ever had a movement in Australia that was was interested in like censoring art because, you know, it made people violent. And Pretty glad that that conversation has kind of ended up settling where it needs to be. 
But I think I think it's it's certainly very timely here. Although, like, it, it kind of places it more in an international conversation yeah. or one or, or, or distance. Like, we're looking well, at this going on over the state. But then again, if you're when, playing but, punk rock, it's not too far to be you're you're engaging with a genre that's American, really. So certainly this also, style, um, like you know, yeah. you compare this to like Frenzel Rom at the time, who was yeah. so like intensely Australian. That's right, as a mission statement. But also, these guys are kind of a bit more relaxed than yeah. that. They're, they're, and I don't think that's necessarily anything more than a band saying we're engaging with a style that we believe to be international. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. But, yeah. but obviously, like, I mean, I'm so here for the harmonies. I always really, yeah. really appreciate that really in lovely. this kind of yeah. genre of music, and they're done incredibly well. And I think just, like, the sheer hookiness of it all carries me across. It took me a while to warm up to it, I'll, I'll admit, because there was a lot to kind of sort out, mm. despite its catchiness. There's definitely depth to it. And even when we talked about the Simon and Garfunkel cover, we were like, you can tell from this cover that, you know, Body Jar are really good at melody and they're really good at big harmonies and vocals. And it's just like then getting to talk about that happening in an original song. It's just like, yeah, you can see all these parts of the band are working really, really well. And like, this is a good song to showcase that. And goddamn, I am so actively looking forward to talking about the other song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I like the fact that Body Jar were, have always kind of been a band that have been able to work on multiple levels. There's an, a more in-depth and a, a more plaintive and uh, thoughtful side to what they do, but also you can just seriously just go, fuck, that's a banger of a tune. Yeah. You know? Well, compare this to MXPX. Yeah. The, 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 the plaid song. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you try to fucking scratch below the surface on responsibility, you will fall through to the other side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is ironic because in that song, he says, I've got a lot to say. And, this, <laughs> and like, the song is like, Bitch, you thought. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, a song has rubbed us the wrong way when it comes <laughs> into other territory. Yeah. yeah. Still can't yeah. hang out. Ain't another thing about that fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> but the thong song. Mm. True. You know, it is a bop. It's such a bop, man. Just, has, has that been like <laughs> critically reevaluated? It doesn't need to be. The, the, the TS? <laughs> in, the, in the words of that guy on Wikipedia, I loved it then and I love <laughs> it now. <laughs> Back to MXPX, but there sure. was a, a great YouTube comment <laughs> that I forgot to read out. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. You probably saw it as well, maybe. I probably did. But this person, Carson J, uh, about a year ago, saying, for a song from 2000, it's lit. And I thought it was like from 2003 or 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Carson. Carson is 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Carson. Yeah. Carson He's is great. A good Carson, boy. Carson, mate, you're all right. Yeah, you know where I heard the thong song a lot? Cosmic Bowling. Fucking classic. Yeah. Classic, classic, classic Cosbo tune. We should, we should fucking... Uh, we should go for a Cosbo. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's what I've been trying Cosbo to tell playlist. you. Yeah. That's exactly what I think. We'll make... We'll, um, and we'll, we'll like open source it, get the fans in on this as well. <laughs> Cosmic Pop. Yeah, and Cosbo oh, has lad. heaps of fans. So lad, they'll, they'll jump fuck to me up. Could smash a good Cosbo. Yeah. Fuck yes, lad. Go a cheeky Cosbo. Yeah, cheeky Cosbo <laughs> as a treat. <laughs> you can have a Cosbo as a treat. <laughs> That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. We hope that your heaven is a half pipe wherever you may be in the world right now. And all your your um your what's your your your, your responsibilities? No, your your dumps like what is it? Your, uh, are your all, donks? All, all your dumps are like yeah. a truck. Your dumps, yeah. yeah. We hope your dumps are like a, a truck. Or is it bumps like a truck? No, it's dumps. dumps. It is dumps. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Dumps like a truck? 
Yeah. Truck, truck. <laughs> what I was really referring to was like when a dump truck backs up and it's like beep, beep. No, that's not right. That's uh, yeah, no, that's, that's literally not a it. quote. That's literally, that's literally the quote. Yeah. That's what he was trying to mm. say. You're kidding. Yeah. What do you mean really? trying to say? She had dumps like a truck. Truck, beep, truck. Beep. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he was just into trucks. Uh, oh my God. No, that is, that is a quote from, that is a quote from Cisco. He says, I told you. What yeah. I would mean, so she had dumps like a dump truck. Is like when a girl do a booty dance move and they look back at their butt. She's like a dump truck, back back backing it up. Huh, Doctor Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favorites, Ali's favorites, and continue the ever continuing story of Carry Over Champ, Carry Over Chump. My favorite for this week, yeah. You know what? Fuck it. I am going to give it to Heaven as a half pipe. Uh, and least favorite, uh, yeah, probably Responsibility by MXPX, but my champs and chumps remain the same. David, there's a big ditto from me. My favorite was Heaven as a half pipe, least favorite Responsibility. My champ, however, definitely, I definitely prefer PJ Harvey to <laughs> yeah. half pipe. Um, but, uh, but my, and my chump is definitely still uh, the Madonna music uh-huh. song. Uh, same, and I'll keep my champ. My ch- new chump is definitely MXPX. Actually, no, what the fuck am I talking about? Responsibility is way worse. Yeah, responsibility song. is yeah. a terrible Responsibility song. is new chump. That's strong chump. I was on autopilot. I Damn, think, son. Yeah, I haven't hated a song this much. This yeah, it, it's, a, it, it's a tremendous stinker. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's very, that's, very that's the dump like a truck. <laughs> <laughs> like a turd a truck lays. <laughs> I, um... I have hated a song that much, this countdown. It's more Chiba. It's still <laughs> my goddamn jump. And uh, yeah, my, my champ is still Maria, but my favorite from this episode is Body Jar. My least favorite song, I'm probably going to go with you guys and uh, go responsibility. Whew. All right. Until next time, my friends, on behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Good night. Mr. Adam Buncher. Good night. Mr. Nathan Harrison. Good night. My name is Cisco. Everything is good for you. Cisco Talk, cross it off the bingo card. Mm. Uh, dumps like truck, also if you've got that one. Um, and the triple yeah, good night. Both, you're not going to have one. Yeah, yeah. and, no. uh, and yeah, triple good night. Triple good night. And yep. the horny Christian chat. Mm. Horny, horny yeah. Christian. Ch- um, yeah. The masses ended. Go in peace. Mm.